like it was like nobody's business. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Uh, super amazing restaurant show where Gruner flows like water. Gruner. Oh, like we water. got a, uh, we got a. Uh, no, you don't have to do the intro. <laughs> Let me try to do it. We got someone really special in here tonight. Can I introduce him at least? Please. Um, Neil Frazier. Is that a big deal? This is the biggest fucking deal ever. Chef Neil Frazier. Chef fucking Neil Frazier, and we're FaceTiming with someone right now. Just tell him how much. We need some uh, FaceTime sex right now. Yes. <laughs> Video sex with Neil Frazier. I, 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 Neil Frazier. Just vibe. Just want a vibe. Just vibe. Yeah. The super amazing restaurant show. This is episode 21. Bro, we're at like 20-something. Guys, you we're, heard? We're live in Chinatown. I'm drunk. I'm sober as fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, all right. Neil's designated driver. <laughs> not, not a lot, no. You see, you're, the God, you're a godfather of sorts in, in the city. I mean, you've been in the game Trying. before food was fucking cool here, right? Like, you're forefather, right? I'd say I could have been a plumber. What? Yeah. What huh. the fuck have you noticed? Well, I've seen a lot of shit since. No, what I'm saying, I want to learn a trade. So you know, as the story goes, I, I was a professional bike racer. I got my high school girlfriend pregnant. You know, when she was a sophomore in college, mm-hmm. I was making twenty five hundred dollars a year racing bicycles, and I was like, I want to learn a trade. My right. parents were both, you know, tradespeople. My mom was an actress. My dad was a musician, and they worked weird hours. And I'm like, I want to learn a trade. It was like, plumber, electrician, chef. All on the same playing field when I when I started cooking, you know, like this whole celebrity wow. chef thing existed with one person that I knew, Wolfgang Puck. That was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So at the end of the day, I wanted someone to fall back on. I wanted to go to college and like, and I figured like if you know stuff gets bad, if you know Trump becomes president, like, <laughs> fucking Armageddon happens. At least I'm at the front of the soup line. At least I'm eating. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. And that was it. And the you know I just got lucky that. You know, the fact that when I started going to culinary school and I graduated from culinary school in 1992, you know, there were 20 chefs that were on that level, you know. Right. You know, Jean George at Lafayette and, you know, Charlie Palmer at uh, Park Avenue Cafe, not Park Avenue Cafe, River Cafe. There were these chefs kind of coming out as like being, you know, known. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just luck, you know. But at the end of the day, it it was funny. This one kid who's, you know, one of my line cooks who's doing a great job. And one of my culinary mentors came in for dinner, and I just got Octavio Becerra. And uh, I opened uh, Pinot Bistro in 1992, and he, he called me up, and I applied for the job, sight unseen. You know, and he's like, what's your chef coat size? I'm like, I'm not a fucking sous chef. <laughs> you know, I graduated from CIA. I'm like, I did my externship with Thomas Keller. I worked with David Burke on the weekends when I was still going oh, to school. Shit. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to be a fucking sous chef. Right. And I show up, and he shows me my coat, and it's like the dishwasher's coat. Yeah, and I'm like, cool. I'm like, I didn't even ask how much I was making. I'm like, so chef, how much? How much am I making? Minimum wage. I'm like, great. And I'm like, how do? How many hours do I have to work every day? Twelve hours a day. I'm paying you for eight. And I went to my car every day and I cried before service. Fucking punched out, smoked a cigarette, cried, ate family meal, went back, and just got my fucking ass kicked. kicked every night. That fucking every night. That warms my In between heart. the chef and the sous chef, Michael Otska and Octavio Becerra. And they taught me how to be 
a line cook. Yeah. And that's all it takes. It's that's like, the realest shit really ever. Yeah. yeah. That's I the think that's shit what people ever, need to fucking I carry that with me every day. Every bad day, every guy is like, can't make it. You know what? You yeah. can go fucking home and I'll do your job for you. Yeah, dude. He's 48 years old. I still feel like if I'm not the best line cook in my kitchen, I'm really a close second to my sous chef Shea, who yeah. you know worked at Michelin two star restaurants in Chicago. You know, like sure, I huh. might not have his knife skills, but I can work a station like no problem. I don't care. God, I, used, I used to have the fucking well, worst. I feel like that's how we are too, because like with Dudes. our with our servers, with our buses, with our very line cooks, small, with our clay very oven, small, it's like young it's like it's like why can't you do that? Yeah, I used to. I could sell that special. I could fucking. I used to have the worst anxiety. Like, just like, damn, you know, you look at your mise en place list and, like, you already left. You're at home and you're mental mise en place your next day. Yep. And you're like, did, did I fucking forget to peel this? It's going to fuck my whole day tomorrow. <laughs> you wake up sweating and, because you keep, in your dreams, you hear that. That printer yeah. just keep going. Yeah, and then, or even on your fucking day off, you wake up and you think you're fucking late for work. Yeah, you're like, oh, oh yeah. shit, I gotta go to work. Yeah, <laughs> like, dude. Oh fuck, it's my day so off. And then you're wired at yeah, like nine a.m. <laughs> I when used, I worked I, at Pino, though, I, I I had to go into work early, so uh, I went into work and they were they were just starting lunch, right? And I used to like set up on Josiah Citron worked the grill at, at Pino for lunch. And he worked Patina at night. Yeah. And I'd set up like he'd like, okay, you can use this part of my grill. And I'd do whatever, fucking tornade or paisan or right. I'm blanching and I'd cook stuff off and I'd turn around and I'd come back and my pot would be gone, the contents of my pot would be gone. And I'm like, what, the fuck? what happened to my fucking pot? He goes, oh, it was wrong, dude. I threw it out. Oh. No prep cooks. You know, two hours of like cutting oblique carrots or whatever yeah, bullshit I was cutting. Game over. Uh, I fucking just threw it out. I'm like, Fuck, what man. the fuck, man? <laughs> what? Why? It's not even oh, like 11.30. Why, though? Like, because, dude, you know, he wanted wow. to teach me a fucking lesson. And those are the best lessons to ever fucking have, man, for me. Fuck you, Josiah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it started off I like... I you. I tell everybody it started off when I was a kid, man. Like, I, I'm used to that life because my father... Um, but my only job as a kid was to make rice, right? So, like, when I get home at school from school at 3 o'clock... I'll go home, do my homework. I have to make rice before my dad gets home at 6 p.m. And one time, I didn't wash the rice. And I just, like, just threw rice in, put water in, put it in the rice cooker. And uh, my dad comes home, and all he expects is to have nice warm rice before he eats. And he tastes it. And, and, and jasmine rice, when you don't wash it, it's all starchy. It's, yeah, it's starchy and funky as fuck. Yeah. And he just looks at me, and he's just like, you had one thing... You motherfucker! You failed him. Like, he, yeah, he just gave me that look, me. and so that's the shit I grew up with, right? And then when I get into the culinary field, it's the same shit the over same again. You're you used know? to it. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm used to it, but at the same time, it's like, fuck, this is so hard for me. It was mom. It was like whatever. I, I mean, yes, it was dad. We, we we were both trained by dad, but for me, that comes from my mother because it was like no matter what I did or how great I was in school or how great I was at home or how perfect I made my bed. It was like, for her, if it's not handed to her by the hands of God, it's like, eh, it's okay. You, you missed this. 1992, you finished culinary school. You're working. When, when was the first uh, your own restaurant? Uh, 1995. 95. What has changed since 1995 to Redbird? Three years after culinary school, you opened your own restaurant. Met a guy in a bar. 
And uh, I was a line cook at um, a hotel uh, with Hans Rockenwagner and this guy Mark Valiani was my biggest kind of influence as a, as a chef. And a of Rockenwagner? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And uh, I met a guy in a bar and he's like, let's open a restaurant. I'm like, what do you mean let's open a restaurant? He's like, yeah, let's, let's open a restaurant. I'm like, how are we going to do that? He's like, well, I got a friend from high school. He's like, you know, works for Dean Witter and he's, you know, a baller. And I said, okay. He showed up like three days later, checked for $100,000. Bang. 25 years old. Holy, Holy shit. Fuck. And he had a space called out and we looked at the space and it was, the rent was 900 bucks a month. No beer and wine <laughs> license. <laughs> 900. 900 square feet. Bathroom in the kitchen. Where? Uh, it was on Beverly Boulevard. Where uh, place, little place called BLD. No, it was down no, the street. It was uh, <laughs> fuck nine hundred dollars a month. What is it called? The uh, taco. I can't remember the name of the place. Pinche Sacos? No. No, it's uh, a. Manski's place. It's right, right next to uh, Tarani. Oh yeah, with the with the hanging. Um, oh yeah. shit! Uh, I'll no. I can't remember the name. So me and Steve met. Escuela. Escuela. So this guy Michael Williams gave us hundred grand. They gave us another twenty-five grand, and uh, we opened this restaurant. And, like the first night we did hundred covers, second night we did sixty covers, Fuck. third night we did thirty covers, second night, fifth night we did fucking ten covers, <laughs> and like we did like ten covers for like months. Wow, just dead. What was the restaurant called? It's called Boxer. Boxer, and then and, uh, and then and then it just kept building and building and building. It was like an overnight success. Two two years later and. Finally built up and got good reviews in the LA Times, the LA Weekly, and twenty five. What kind of food are you cooking, man? You know, more or less what I'm doing now. Definitely more French influence. Okay. Um, you know, '80s was like high food, or '90s. Um, you know, one time we were in Buzz Magazine for like the highest dish. You know, I had like a thing called Towering and Fila. It was like Fila with portobello mushrooms and goat cheese, and oh. you know. Baked off with a fucking chive on top. I think it was like this tall. <laughs> um, you know, just trying to cook good food. You know, yeah, yeah, braised yeah. lamb shanks and grilled fillet. We had a woodbring grill, woodbring pizza oven. Um, so trying sweet. to cook, you know, soulful food. But lately, yeah. I, I went from being a line cook to being a chef in my own restaurant. Right. I, I I watched an interview of you from like the late '90s, '98 or '99 or something like that. Maybe early 2000s, and then. Um, you know, you you were coming up with Mosh, and then Redbird opened, and we were coming to Redbird, and we started to hang out and stuff. Um, I asked you about Redbird and what you were trying to do there, or it was actually I think Redbird was being built or around that time when you had just opened or about to open, and uh, you said th- one of the same things that you said in that interview that I was like, man, that's brilliant that that the chef is saying that because that's really what it's about, um, and you said the exact same thing, like. 20, 20 years, years later, early. which was, you're not trying to uh, reinv- reinvent the wheel. You're not trying to uh, change the world. You're just trying to make really good food. And I was like... I'm trying to represent Los Angeles as... Yeah. Like, yeah. you look at this table, you know, you got a white guy, two Indian guys, and a Filipino guy. Right. And you got a couple Mexicans down the street. You got some Chinese people, Japanese people. Yeah. And I want to play homage. <laughs> I want to play homage to Los Angeles. Yeah. And Los Angeles, to me, you know, it's like... Dude, turn on the TV and people are like fucking export all the fucking Puerto Ricans and the Mexicans yeah. and the fucking Filipinos and the Chinese. It's yeah. like, that's what makes Los Angeles a great place. Like, yeah. if you eliminated all the ethnicity to LA, it'd be fucking white bread. Yeah. And I gotta tell you, as a white man, it makes me uncomfortable around white people. Like, I wanna be around my people, and my yeah. people are what I grew up with. In the last 28 years, that's been kitchens. 
Yeah. You know? yeah. There was a, a guy, it was, it was based out of a university in Texas, and he was talking about um, unemployment rates. And he said the unemployment rates for undocumented workers in the United States is zero. He said every, I don't care where you're from, every immigrant in the United States is undocumented is working not one, but probably two jobs yeah. Yeah. to support their lifestyle of having kids and having a family and giving back. Yeah. And like, can you say that about other, we, other... We, with that statement, we have to understand that they're all working the jobs that, that, um, Nobody else we will. wouldn't want to work. Yeah. Well, I work, like you, you want to, yeah. you want to grab some, grab some guys who are have such a strong stance and say, okay, fine, go pick strawberries for fucking Please 12 do. hours a day. Please Dude, do. that stuff is fucking hardcore work. You know? That's that real work. And that's respect. I, I mean, can't even fucking stand in the sun when we're talking to a real estate agent. I'm like, yo, can we go on the sun? Yeah. Shade, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes, sometimes I, I got to like check myself. Sometimes today I got to check we myself. we were talking to the, a real estate agent and we were standing in the a fucking sun and five steps to the left was a shade. And I was like, yo, can we step in the shade, man, and have this meeting? yeah, yeah. And it's like, yo, people work in the sun yeah. and they pick fruit. The, oh. the, uh, the, uh, the, the word they used was uh, stoop labor. You know, like the fact mm-hmm. that like, you have to stoop down, you have to bend your back. Yeah. You have to, you know, like you're not sitting at a desk, you know, typing on a typewriter. You have to bend over and do work. And it's like, to me, I mean, that's maybe not the American dream, but the California dream is built on the, the idea that you can move to this town. Yeah. You know? yeah. I've had line cooks, you know. That have built their careers off of twelve, thirteen, fourteen dollar an hour jobs, right. working two jobs, saving, buying houses. I mean, I had this one line cook who doesn't work for me anymore. This guy Carlos Osorio, and he worked for me at Boxer. He worked for me at Grace. He worked for me at BLD. He always had two jobs. The guy's a fucking millionaire. Dope. He bought houses down in Compton, oh, in the fucking shithole. Wow. Duplexes, invested, painted themselves, rewired themselves. You know, he, when he retires, when he pulls that card, he's like, fucking, I'm out. I'm moving back to, you right. know, Jalisco. He's going to be a fucking baller. He deserves Dude. it. Fuck he he absolutely deserves it. I had this conversation it. with Maynard about you, and he was telling me, he's like, yeah, you know how close I am to this guy? And I was like, no, tell me. And he's like, you, you got him a visa. Yeah, you got him to America, country. right? He, he wanted somebody to sponsor. I'm like... He what, what do you need me to do? Every day. And it's a story that happens uh, that he tells every time we get drunk. Because he's like, yo, man, like how generous. Oh, oh, oh. Like how generous. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm here to help people. You know, right. I'm, I'm, I want to be, you know, you want a good meal, I want to cook you a good meal. You want, you know, I'm trying to sponsor this guy right now from Israel. It's like the same thing. Like, not everybody's given the same opportunity. You know? right. like Amy, you know, says it over, my wife says it over and over again. You know, who knows you're going to be born to? Right. Yeah. You might be born to a fucking stork and drops you off in a rock. You might be yeah. born to a stork that drops you off in LA. Yeah. You might get dropped off in Pico Rivera instead of right. fucking Bel Air. Yeah. Like, who knows? Yeah. But here we are all together. It's like you put good work in, you have a good attitude. You know, I might set you straight two or three times, but show up and, and learn. And, yeah. And the dude. world's your oyster. I mean, Please listen to this. I had a 2.8 GPA. You know, I was a fucking shitty student. I barely yeah. graduated from high school. You know? Look at me now, bitch. But I'm just saying, it's like, I'm rich. <laughs> Iron chef. But I'm saying, like, at the end of the day. Second in Maine. Let me shit on your face. You know, when, when, at when, the end of the day, I'm not a fucking rocket scientist. I can you're teach, a rock star. I no. can teach a fucking idiot how to make money and have a job that is Develop a regarded and rewarded in our society of 
Talk about you, Maynard. You're an idiot. I love yeah. you. Fucking <laughs> piece of shit. Uh, uh, let's come back to the get timeline. the job done. So, <laughs> let's, let's come back to the timeline because I was really enjoying hearing it from you. Um, so you have Boxer. It's been two years. You've been ridden up by the top riders in the city. You're doing really well. Yeah, and then, so we were doing really well, and then we weren't doing so well, and then my business partner, you know, did not have to balance the books, and we had a keeper in the restaurant, we ended up borrowing some money from some not-so-desirable gang members, (laughs) our business partner uh, got a big, giant subpoena the size of Encyclopedia Britannica, how he had defrauded a lot of people out of a lot of money and at oh. that point I looked at that thing and I said I'm done yeah yeah I'm done I built it here it is and I walked away without a job because I was scared of going to jail and um, I met this guy Will Cargis and uh, I went down and fucking made some pancakes down in Santa Monica this place called Blueberry okay. and I'm like what am I gonna fucking do with my life and he said oh why don't you come uh, be a chef at this restaurant next door it's called Rick's and it was, it was like this nightclub restaurant. And I walked in, I did a tasting, and uh, they're like, okay, you want to be the chef? I'm like, great. I go, Tuesday of next week, I want you to put your own menu in. So they fired the chef on Saturday. Ooh. And I walked in Tuesday, and I fucking just completely like cleared the walk in out, yeah. completely changed the menu. Three days later, I met my future wife. Um, and just like, Again, just kind of trying to reinvent myself. I feel a shout-out coming on. Shout-out to Amy Frazier. You're so beautiful. <laughs> uh, you know, definitely, again, like, just trying to, like, reinvent this whole kind of, like, supper club, you know, American cuisine. And, you know, we do fucking 30 covers on Tuesday night and 400 covers on Saturday night. Nice. Yeah. It was just one of those restaurants. And Amy was working there? She was the assistant job manager, yeah. Oh. Uh, Sick yeah, win was, it. I love that. I love that. That's how it happens. Seal the deal. Yeah. Shout out to Angela. <laughs> Sweet kisses in the walk-in. <laughs> yeah, all over the place. That's how it happens. You walk baby. in all bad boy like, hey. And she's like, I'm Dickie, the chef. And she's like, I'm the chef. How many covers do we got tonight? Yeah. <laughs> so for a couple of years, and the uh, <laughs> he uh, basically had somebody offer Amy a job without consulting her. Like basically, uh-huh. somebody called her up, like, "Oh, I heard you're looking for a job." She's like, "I'm not looking for a job." So Sorry, we basically we're making walk- a Mastro's reservation right oh, now. Nice. We need those cloths. So excited for you guys. We need some boiler. Come with us. We need Great. some boiler cloth right now. Yeah. Well, after this, table for four. Mastro's seafood tower. Extra. Is there Mastro's downtown? Beverly no. Hills. No. Oh my god, I want to go there right now. It's fucking like eleven o'clock at night. <laughs> it's not even that. Not even close. Uh, Welcome to the Super Amazing Restaurant Show. <laughs> where uh, we so we usually where we, record, we usually record this downtown. Hey, you is like downtown is the hardest place rush, to fucking like, find something to eat. Right why is it so downtown hard to? Is why is it so night, hard to eat especially. to eat late night? Sam Ooh, beep, what about beep, uh, Full House? Yeah. Where Full House is good, but it's, it's not Sam Wu. It's Sam a, Wu. I've never been to MSG. Fucking. You might as well just drink fucking an MSG slurry. Yo, you want to hear something funny that e- happened? E- so uh, I was at ERB. ERB sounds good. We veered <laughs> off. Rick's yeah. in, um, oh. and then you meet Amy. I met Amy. And she gets offered this job. And uh, she got offered the job by Brent Yo, Holt House. Uh, okay. like a club guy. On, dude. So basically, Like we, a nightclub guy. Yeah. 20 ERB. So we end out walking out. My Amy gets fired or quits. I walk out oh, with my... Fire? my 
sous chef and my pastry chef. We all just fucking quit. Yeah. And uh, my sous chef had lined up a you new quit? job. You quit? You walked out? Walked out. That's how bad it was. Him, Amy, sous chef, and pastry chef. Yeah. So we, lock, we locked up this new job at this place called Jimmy's in Beverly Hills, which was like a 20-year legacy restaurant. Yeah. And they're like, they're redoing it, revitalizing it. And we went in, we fucking remodeled the restaurant. Bernardo, China, Frete, uh, Tablecloths, uh, Redout Crystal. They already had silver. You know, baller. Yeah. So we opened this restaurant in fucking Beverly Hills. And the first day, we do 200 covers for lunch and 200 covers for dinner and oh, 200 yeah. covers in PDR. <laughs> and, like, you walk in, it's like, oh, there's fucking Nancy Reagan. Oh, there's oh, Brett Bloomingdale. Fuck. Oh, there's, like, the, the who's who of Beverly Hills are there from day one. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, we're so in it. We're doing, like, so kind of my beacon of business was Spago. Uh-huh. So Spago at its heyday, when they did catering out of Spago, did a million dollars a month. Wow. Mm. First month we did eight hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Second Ooh. month we did in that in in uh, ninety five. Uh, ninety nine. Second month we did nine hundred thousand dollars. Third wow. month we did a million dollars. Wow. So we're fucking, you know, we're killing it. Bernardo China, fucking Nancy Reagan. Yeah. Betsy Bloomingdale. So we're closed from the first, second, and third. So we all go camping up in uh, Sacramento foothills. We all fucking do mushrooms and acid. <laughs> nice. We fucking lose our minds after working every day. Celebrate. For basically five months. So I, we're coming down out of the Sacramento foothills, and my phone, a Nokia fucking, you know, flip phone. Thirty-three you know, ninety. Twenty-seven <laughs> fucking Snake. messages. I'm like, who fucking died? Twenty-seven messages on my phone. I'm like, dude, Nokia? dude, my parents are dead. My fucking sister's yeah. dead. L.A. has been nuked. You haven't had, and you I, haven't I, had uh, no, call, no uh, signal. No, se- no cell phone. 1999. So I pick up my phone, my, and, and, and like, there's, there's 27 messages of Jimmy's closed. Went out of business. Whoa. Yeah. What? We went from doing a million dollars a month to like the restaurant closed. And I was like. Son of a bitch. And they're like, oh, we lost our lease and all this bullshit. And I realized later on in the year when I actually met the owner of the building that the owner of Jimmy's who's now dead God rest his soul fleeced he it. used us as fucking bait <laughs> he fleeced he it. baited us he built up the business he made it do a million dollars a month and then he basically told the person who was Goldman Sachs bought the building yeah so basically I went from fucking hero to zero yeah. And basically on the side of the road in the middle of the Sacramento no Delta, I pulled off on the side of the road and I made all my friends, we had like 25 of us, we were all camping up there. I made them all pull over on the side of the road and I gathered everybody like a fucking sermon. And I said, that's the fucking last time I'm going to work for somebody else. Yeah. And we all gathered around, we cried and, you know, a lot of people that I was with were my employees or, you know, worked with me. And... Um, I, I swore at that date that I would never work for anybody else. And I put my fucking feet in the fucking dirt, and I said, fuck that. We went back to L.A., and I got a job at a place called Moomba in Beverly Hills, and then fucking t- two, like, two weeks later, fucking 9-11 happened. Ooh, yeah. like damn. That. That's the worst. And I went from, like, you know, I'm going to raise money in six months. It took us three years to raise money. Yeah. Fuck. Three fucking years. Yeah. Uh, Lehman Brothers. Yes. That's who bought the building. Yes. And that property, 
they fucking scrapped it, and they're just building on it now. The right across the Bachelors. Is that, the, is that it? Is it is right north of Beverly Hills High School. It's on Miranda Oh, Drive. okay, okay. Century City, Beverly Hills border. Okay. So I was like, fuck it, I'm not going to work for anybody else. I got a job at Moomba with uh, my buddy Naughty Masterton. And I was like, I'm never working for anybody else. And, and we're like, we found a space, we, you know, which is a restaurant called Muse. And we're like, we're going to open our first restaurant, Amy and myself. And it took us three years to raise the money. Wow. Three fucking years. Wow. Yeah. September and then, was a and that was wrench. Grace. Grace was yeah. late. Hell yeah. Fuck it. It's late. I'm fucking hungry now. Neil, where do you want to go eat? Steak or what? Pizza. I got one question, though. I, I, had, I, have, I, I want to talk about this. I'm going to pee in a cup in about two seconds. How is it? <laughs> how oh, is it? Club. You could pee into the Calamansi. Calamansi. Oh, <laughs> nah, his dick is... Little... There. Dude, that's small. This is a small little fucking that's nozzle like to aim uh, it. Small billionaires right there. <laughs> you better have a good aim, man. Um, how is it working with wifey, man? Working with wifey is... Uh, because... You're, not okay, lit. Wait, let me just say, before, for the record, though, and wifey. for people that don't know, it's, you're not just working with wifey. It's not like, oh, she's a hostess at the restaurant. No, she, she fucking runs shit. There's like... We've seen her on the floor, and she seems like the type of operator that she never has no answer. She's never like, let me check. She always has the right thing to say. She knows what's going on. She, she's omniscient about the dining room and the operation. She just I'll, seems... I'll say that, you know, if I look at the three of you knuckleheads... I ch- <laughs> Yo, see, she helped me. If, you, if I look at the three of you no talent ass clowns, I trust you guys at a pretty high level. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate it. I trust my wife more. Okay. And Love when that. you have a level of trust, you have a level of understanding... Yeah. And through our careers, I've learned to trust her to do what she does very well and what I do very well and not step on her toes. Shot to grace. Yeah. Bad. And that to me is like, when I don't have to think about something, although it might be troubling to Amy sometimes, that's a, that's a win. Yeah. When I have to say, hey, why'd you make that decision? You know, I don't have to do that. Because yeah. I know that most of the time, if not all of the time, the decision she makes is probably better than the decision I make on my own. Yeah. She says Why do you say that? Why do you say that? She says that. Why do you say that? I think Let's do it. Not only do you deserve it, but it's a good thing. I gotta fucking really... be like a racehorse. Who has a quarter? Last question. Last Who has question. a fucking quarter? I have a quarter. Last question. How do you have, have a quarter? quarter? Last question. Whoa! Yo, go downstairs. Go downstairs. Go downstairs. Go downstairs. Go downstairs. I have a peach. I got one more. Yo, shout out. Pause it. Hold on. Drinking Calamansi lime, Sun Tropics, motherfucker. Yeah. Bombay. This is even this is how Indian Filipino this podcast is. Yes, we're drinking Calamansi lime juice What's with Canada dry shit. Bombay up, sapphire 
Mixed with a little Canada, Canada dry from Toronto. Like, Finest. <laughs> this this drink right here is the super amazing drink. Yeah. What's up, dog? Sponsored. That is a super amazing drink. Sponsored. 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 Sponsored.